Astrology Today, coming to you almost live from the beautiful Sunshine Coast and the Kathak region, um, which is situated on the traditional lands of the Kohaman Nation. I will be your host, Marlon Reed, and I am an astrologer. And today I'm welcoming uh, my fellow co-host, Jill Kirby, and Jenna, who is a student of astrology. So welcome, guys. Welcome to the show. Hello. Hello. Yes, everything is working. Good. Yay. (laughs) So on today's show, uh, this is episode 119, and we're going to be talking all about February. And um, we're going to begin this discussion with um, something that's happening depending on where on the planet you're listening to this. So if you are listening east of Ottawa and earlier, or no, I'm not going to say earlier, but in different times, different time zones. Thank you, Jill. <laughs> then this new moon um, is actually happening on February the 1st. So let me just bring up the new moon so that we can have a look at it. And she goes, I, in theory, I have set everything up correctly. And let's see if we, yeah, there we go. So, um, so folks who are listening on the radio today, if you go to my website, uh, cardinalastrology.ca and you go to the radio tab and you go down to the episode that's actually the very top, which is, what did I say, 119? Um, then you too can follow along with these charts. So there's some interesting things about this new moon. Um, and probably the most prominent one is the fact that it's conjunct Saturn. Yikes. Yeah. So a sun-Saturn aspect can feel slightly restrictive, wouldn't you say, Jill? Can do, and that's, you know, my... Sun is at 12 um, Aquarius, so that's my solar return, pretty much. <laughs> no, ouch, ouch, ouch. <laughs> so you're you're noticing this. <laughs> well, but but you know what? I'm getting used to Saturn because he's been hanging around my sun for a long time now, and before that he was squaring my moon, and Uranus was doing the dance over my moon for ages and then squaring my sun. So, you know, it's like they're old friends. This is true. This is true. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so for, you know, the rest of us, one of the things, too, to notice is how concentrated the energy is right now. Um, Even with the outer planets, um, there's nobody on the other side of this chart. And um, that kind of shape, which um, can be called a bundle or a bowl in astrology, um, it creates a certain kind of quality. Um, A, it's concentrated, and B, it has no perspective. Now, I don't know in mundane terms, um, this could be everybody pretty much sticking to their point of view, would you say? Well, yeah, you don't have a lot of perspective when you haven't got any oppositions. So, yes. Yeah, yeah. You know, basically it, it's collecting up all the energy. But I, I, I said, this sort of happened last year as well. Yes. 
call. And it felt to me like it was like a spring that was getting tighter and tighter. Oh, I remember you saying that. Yes. Bam. And with what's going on with this truck convoy right now, I think it's probably quite appropriate. <laughs> yes. Or, I mean, the other areas that this will relate to, of course, is the whole gong show that's happening in Europe with uh, Russia and the Ukraine. And one of the pieces that was highlighted in one of the forecast episodes that I listened to uh, for the month of February is the fact that when Russia annexed Crimea, that was eight years ago. And guess what? Venus was retrograde at the same time. So that re- Venus retrograde cycling thing that we talked about a few episodes ago. Um, yeah, there is definitely something to that. Yeah. Okay, so the other thing that we want to notice about the beginning of this month is that wonderful pileup in Capricorn. And, um, uh, you know, one of the things that I've been hearing about um, that astrologers are quite curious about is the fact that right now, because Venus is slowing right down, getting ready to station, Mars, for a change, is catching up to her. And normally it's always the other way around because Venus, of course, is a faster moving planet than Mars. But for the time being right now, Mars is actually catching up to Venus. And so that is going to change the dynamic that is normally happening between those that pair when they're in conjunction. And, yeah, there's some notable people with it that aren't necessarily are the type of people we would want to admire. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it's a very difficult combination. Although in the past, I have to say, in when I was just practicing modern astrology, I used to see this in the chart and I'd go, wow, these folks have a sex life. (laughs) Not necessarily in Capricorn. In Taurus would be the people. Business partnerships. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. And and I think the primo for on the sexuality side would be Taurus because Taurus loves embodiment. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I think there that would be Bacchus. Is it Bacchus, the, the god of, of drinking? Oh, is yeah. it just drinking or <laughs> drink, drinking and, and, uh, and sex? Yeah. And orgies. And orgies. Yeah, there you yeah. go. Yeah, there you go. Thanks for that, Anna. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So um, this is what we're looking at the, at the beginning of this month is this, you know, um, like Jill says, like a compression of oh, a yeah. spring. Yeah. Okay. So um, anything else we need to say about this new moon? Well, of course, you've got still got the square between yes, it is highlighting that Uranus, which is yeah not insignificant when you're talking about in spring. Yeah, Uh, yeah. So that square that we've all been dealing with for the last um, and they're going to be squaring this year. I mean, they won't get exact to the minute, but they will get to the degree. You know, October. So we're not finished with them yet. It's just not going to be quite as intense. And for me, it feels like um, Uranus is the the balance has shifted to more Uranian energy. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. And and right now, of course, Jupiter is approaching sextile to Uranus. So yeah, like I'm on your team. (laughs) 
<laughs> yes, and no longer on Saturday. Well, freedom and, you know. <laughs> yeah. Freedom Convoy heading for Ottawa. So <laughs> there you go. There you go. Freedom, don't you <laughs> Okay, so I did put together a list. Um, and so right after, so let's just go back up to this chart. This Mercury is actually getting ready to station right at the very beginning of the month. And I've had numerous um, Mercury retrograde scenarios this month. Um, yeah, like pretty much every reading or get together that I had planned had to be changed. <laughs> so I'm going to be definitely happy when it returns or stops and starts uh, to go direct. Not far off your moon, right? No, it isn't. No, so my moon's at 20. Why you're feeling it so. Yes. Strong. Yes. And that is a good point. Whenever Mercury and it does this three times a year. If it happens to be crossing um, a particular powerful point, like your ascendant or your midheaven, uh, the sun, the moon, or the ruler of the ascendant, then, yeah, you're likely going to notice it more so. Yeah, it's only heading for my Mercury at 28 Capricorn. Yes, yes. You have you and Pluto and Mercury are together for a while. Mars and Venus are just hanging out on my Venus Chiron, you know. <laughs> Okay, so on February the 4th, we have a sextile between Mars and Jupiter. Um, I put get her done just because that's kind of what it calls to my mind. Although this is Mars in very uh, constructive mode because it's, um, it's exalted in Capricorn. So Mars mm -hmm. likes to be where it is. Uh, Jupiter and Pisces, of course, also likes to be together, but you know, when you try to think of Capricorn and Pisces, what exactly? Actually, I think it, it gives structure to the imagination. and, and Ooh, really I like that. Yes. But your big imagination, you can think big. And Mars is wanting to say, yeah, let's do that. Yes. Yes. We have, we have all this Capricorn energy. We can do that. Yes. Okay, somebody's whistling in the background there. Uh, somebody just turned the water on upstairs. I have to. Oh, yes. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> okay, so the next aspect that we have coming up is uh, February the 8th. We have Mars trine Uranus. Now, this particular combination, um, it will, as we were talking about with the um, uh, new moon, it will highlight the Saturn-Uranus um, square. Um, and, of course, Mars is going to give permission to Uranus in what would could be, um, right, it could be just really dangerous or really exciting. Well, um, it's kind of teaming up, like I said, with Jupiter sextiling that. Yeah, year. yeah, yeah. This it's is a whole lot of energy saying, yeah, Uranus, go for it. Yes. Okay. Actually, as you say that, I'm just thinking I'm going to look at what Ebertine has to say about this combination. So if we have Mars Uranus, what does good old Ebertine say? So for, let me just stop sharing. For Very that. exciting. Yeah. So this book, um, for those who want to study, I highly recommend it. It was written back in the 40s uh, by um, Reinhold Ebertine. And he, 
Mine has a blue cover. Oh, yours? Right. Yes. Well, and, and I put mine on a spiral bind. So did I. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> the binding never holds on them. No, they don't. Okay, so a sudden application of effort. So if we combine that with Jupiter, because Jupiter would be, um, the sextile would be in between, right? So that's yeah. a midpoint. Yes. Okay, so the correct grasp of a situation coupled with timely action. Ooh, so if we go back and we share that screen, what we might want to say about February the 4th is this would be a good electional day. Or, pardon me, February the 8th. Mm. I spoke there. Yeah, February the 8th. Because if it's pulling in that Jupiter, uh, then to begin something with that energy. I mean, you do normally begin things with new moons. That's another good one to use. But this one in particular, you know, for getting something off the ground. Good for you. But it also might come with some surprises. Cause you're oh, already- but it says good luck with injuries. So you didn't yeah. quite, you didn't quite cut your hand off. They were able to save it. <laughs> good point, Jill. Good point. Yeah. Okay. And so- with, with Jupiter in there, it's going to expand that energy, right? Oh, yeah. So it's even more of a chance of accidents and of close calls. Probably. Did you say? Yes, that's a very good point. Well taken. Probably for fortunate to have Jupiter on the team. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So next up is Mercury will do its uh, returning oh. conjunction to Capricorn. Right. And so one would look back at, and I think I might even have some dates for that. Let me just pull up my cheat sheet here. Uh, because with that uh, conjunction, this is one of three or one of two. I think this is one of two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's direct now. So yeah, it was. It, yeah, it yeah, went. yeah. So you know when it came up before. Uh, let's see now. Oh no, it's still retrograde. Right? No, mm-hmm. no. Wrong. So it's stationed direct at 24, um, and this was this was now, and then oh, I thought I had. Well, actually, yeah, it went over, it went over it, it at the beginning of January. Right. Yeah. So that will tie those two periods of time together. Yeah. Yeah. And then there'll be a shadow period. Yes. Exactly. For a couple weeks. Yeah. 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 And so issues that came up will be back in the news or back in your life uh, for you to look at. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay. Then um, just as we do um, Valentine's Day, and I have a particular shtick when it comes to Valentine's Day, just because my mom's maiden name was Valentine. Oh. Yeah, so, you know, for us in our family, it was always kind of a big deal. Um, and so <laughs> when I was listening to some of the other podcasts on February, um, I listened to the trio of Austin Kopic, uh, Chris Brennan, and, oh, now I'm going to forget the other guy's name, which is bad. Anyway, shoot, 
darn, I didn't want to do that. Oh, well. Um, anyway, so three guys are going to attempt to wax eloquently about Mercury's ingress into Aquarius for Valentine's Day. And you know what one of them came up with? Well, you could write a poem with zeros and one. And I'm just like, oh, guys, really? <laughs> Seriously? Is that the best you can do? <laughs> so in terms of Valentine's Day, and I was actually, let me stop this share. I was going to bring up the chart for Valentine's Day. Well, it's interesting that it's in, because that ingress, when it goes into Aquarius, it's triggering that point that Jupiter and Saturn Yes. Exactly. So that takes us all the way back um, a while ago. Yeah. That was an important event. It was. I think each time we get something going over that zero degrees Aquarius, it's bringing that energy back again. Okay. So here we have it. And so it's late in the day here. Let me just forward this by a couple of hours. And so what I'm demonstrating for those that are watching the YouTube video is the animate feature of Solar Fire. There it is. There it is. And, and like Jill was saying, this is triggering, that was 2020, right? The, the solstice. Yeah. And the Jupiter-Saturn conjunction. Well, and you've got the moon opposite, so it's exactly highlighting that fact as well. Let's say, yeah, yes. Aquarius. That's an interesting point. So, with the Mercury in Aquarius, then it should be romantic, Moon in Leo. Um, it should be poetry because this is an air sign, and it shouldn't be knots or ones. <laughs> yes, no. Actual words would be Mercury. Yeah. Even in Aquarius, it likes words. Yes, yes, yeah. And and Moon and Leo wants it to be, you know, big, dramatic, and flowery. And, of course, people get to do that now. I mean, it's it's sort of kind of fallen off with the whole pandemic thing. But, you know, the, the I love you up on the stadium, you know, um, um, display screen and things, that would be totally Moon and Leo. And Mercury at the Aquarian part could just be surprise. Yes, it could be just surprise. I don't yeah. usually get you anything for that. <laughs> and then on top of that for Valentine's Day, of course, look at how close this Venus yeah. Mars are. Yeah. So um, get a room. <laughs> Please don't share. <laughs> Unless that's your thing. <laughs> They are trying the ruler of Aquarius too. They're trying Uranus. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So get a room with other like-minded people. There. (laughs) We can say that. And what day is this? This is like a Tuesday or something ridiculous. Oh, it's a Monday. (laughs) Okay. So the closets in in various. Well, no people. Well, (laughs) there might be a few people still at work, right? So the closets. (laughs) should have a occupied sign to hang on the door. <laughs> Do not disturb. There's nothing sexy about Mondays. So. Oh, okay. Well, you never know, though. <laughs> this is Mars conjunct Venus, Jenna. This it's is the it's, it's the moon day, and the moon's in Leo, and the Leo could be so totally on board for something wildly dramatic. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> 
Okay, I'm going to go back to our list. Anyway, we've all survived. <laughs> ah, Valentine's Day. All right, so I think what's coming up next. Getting close to the full moon, eh? Yeah, so we will look at the full moon, which I oh. have here. So we've got two parts to this full moon, but let's just look at it from uh, you and I and the rest of the human race before we look at the, our neighbors down south. So one of the things that I have never really paid a lot of attention to, this is called the, the cross-quarter full moon. And apparently it is the brightest in the northern hemisphere. And this marks the midway point between the eclipse season. And so we had eclipses back at the end of October 1st part of uh, November, and then we'll have them again coming up here May, June. And so this is the halfway point in that eclipse cycle. And it's interesting because we've had a series of, of full moons at 27. Yes, we have. Exactly. Interesting. Yeah, it is. This one is squaring the nodal axis. So yes. That's, that's, yeah. And look how, look how close Mars and Venus are now. Yes, exactly. So this pair... They hang out for almost two months together. And so, of course, my deviant mind always goes to who are these people that are arriving on the planet, right? You know, because there will be children born, a bunch of them, right? With this particular aspect. Yeah, it, it'll be an interesting generation. We'll be counseling later in their life. <laughs> well, we'll be yeah. children of Bukai. <laughs> and, and that that Mars, uh, Venus Mars is moving towards Pluto there. Yes, it is. Yeah, it is. Yes. So there's going to be quite a combination. Now the the other thing, of course, that uh, people were saying about uh, you know the fact that Venus is now direct and Mercury is now direct. If there are, um, you know, one of the big items, obviously up. Uh, is this whole Ukraine, Putin, Russia, um, that that would, if there's going to be an actual confrontation, that the fact that both Venus and Mercury are now direct and Venus and Mars are traveling together because this is the combination of war and peace. Yeah. Venus being peace, Mars being war, and um, there's nothing stopping that movement. And, of course, they've just been, um, you know, getting excited by Uranus. So, yeah. Well, the other interesting thing for Canada is that Saturn has been aspecting the Saturn-Pluto opposition in Canada's chart. Yes. Natal chart. So yeah. Yeah. That's, that's triggering that. Exactly. To yeah. in uh, Canada's chart. Exactly. And so, of course, the chart that um, Jill is most favored of watching and paying attention to, which well, is... I think they all should right now. Well, that's true. They are our neighbors, and they are way too close, and they all have way too many guns. <sighs> and this so they're, also, they're also recognized as sort of the power of the world. You know? Yes, but I yeah. don't... I don't think that's actually true anymore. Yeah, no, not, they like to think so. Well, uh, no, I know, I know. And so, they're posturing as such. But uh, and can I can I just pause you for a second? So for the folks that are listening, what I've just uh, scrolled down to is um, the U.S. Sibley chart, um, and this is set with 
Placidus uh, with Placidus Quadrant House System. Um, and on the outside is this full moon that we are talking to. And um, as Jill has been following this very closely, she is now going to point out all the amazing things in this chart. Go ahead. <laughs> This is a extreme, yeah, I mean, we are minutes away, Pluto is minutes away from its exact return to the natal position of Pluto for the U.S. Pluto return doesn't happen for humans because we don't live that long, but this is the first Pluto return for the U.S. since they were born. Pluto is about death and regeneration, so they're going to go through profound changes. They already are. Yes. But also, you've got them that Venus-Mars conjunction opposite their sun. Yep. The natal sun. And squaring their Saturn. Yeah. And uh, Saturn, of course, is uh, past trying to its natal position. But we have also got Neptune opposite its natal position. Yeah. And, and we have the ascendant, um, descendant axis falls across their Saturn. Saturn, yes, the descendant on Saturn. But also we have... The, the nodal axis is squaring their moon, and the sun is right on top of it. Yes. So yeah. their moon is highlighted. That's the people of the country. Yeah. Yeah. And they are definitely, the natives are restless. So <laughs> there's a lot going on in the yeah. USA right now, and it's coming to a head. Yes. And Jupiter, yeah. we were talking about earlier, it's uh, minutes away from that sextile to Uranus as well. Ah, yes, it is. In that Which, full moon. It's going to trine the U.S. sun. It's been trining their natal Jupiter, but it's going to trine their sun. And, you know, all of that's kind of hitting that Venus-Jupiter sun in their seventh. Mm-hmm. Oh, the other thing with Neptune, it is, it, it is squaring their natal Mars in the seventh. So. Yes, yes, it is. Yeah. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. <laughs> so, you know, lots going on. But yeah, yeah. Kind of what we would expect because yes, we would pivotal time for them. Yeah, and this is the first of three exact returns this yeah. year. And I believe it's February the twentieth, 20th. 20th or twenty second. Twentieth. Okay, that it actually goes exact. Yeah. yeah. So there we have what Jill was talking about, that Jupiter sextile Uranus on the 11th. So if you need to do something wildly unique um, with complete pizzazz and optimism, February the 17th is the day to do that. <laughs> no holds barred, basically. Yeah. When well, you get- it could be. I mean, it's a great energy for creativity and yes yes and taurus was involved so you know expression through the senses and all that stuff yep yep okay february 18th we see the sun ingress into pisces so now we'll have one of the luminaries we have jupiter and we have neptune and um you know this will be Start the start of um, what I see as as being more awareness of the veil between different dimensions of energetic reality um, start to thin and become more apparent to hopefully more than just Piscean people. (laughs) I think there is is a sort of spiritual awakening happening. So yeah, yeah. 
And, you know, people are wanting to get back to things more basic with Taurus. Like, it's, there's a grassroots movement going on, and that's yes. very Taurian. Yep. Grass bumps Taurus as you can get. <laughs> and, and with the Pisces energy, it's the, you know, the highest use of that Piscean energy is the, is the spiritual ground. Yep. Getting connected spiritually to whatever that it means for you. Yes, exactly. So on that note, I want to mention that um, there is a group out of, I believe it's sort of the Arizona area, who have taken Richard Tarnas's book, uh, Cosmos and Psyche, uh, mm-hmm. along with um, the research from other folks, and they have come up with a 10-part series called The Changing of the Gods, and uh, it's being released this month uh, for um, free for anyone that wants to watch it. It's a 10-part series, um, and so it is a real opportunity for people who are unfamiliar with the big cycles and how um, they reveal the type of changes that happen in human history over long periods of time. Uh, yeah. And so I highly recommend you go to the changing of the gods.com, I believe, or actually uh, Chris Brennan is releasing a podcast with the director uh, in the next week or so. And of course the, the specific details for being able to watch the entire series for free um, will be available there as well. And um, seems to me he's pitched it to go, um, in February, right around this time, either the sun ingress into Pisces or Mars sextile Neptune, I'm not sure, around this time anyway. And so as you can see, as we get further into the month, we have both those who are traveling together now, Venus and Mars, uh, they're both going to aspect uh, that Neptune and uh, at the same time that Mercury will square Uranus, which is kind of a interesting combo you've got this this energizing of that neptune point and so something to keep in mind for folks that are of the uh, mutable sign and late degrees of mutable sign um, having neptune hanging out there for any length of time um, you know is a walking different energetic than normally they would be dealing with unless they're Pisces or have a strong Neptune um, already current in their natal chart. And so having this Mars-Venus sextile that, um, what do you think, Jill? What's well, going to do? Personally, I, not on the big global, but on a personal No, no. I, I think that, again, with Neptune as with Pisces, the, the, the important thing is to Use that energy in, in the most spiritual, whatever spiritual means to you. Yes. Get in touch with your inner guidance, your inner, like, whether it's meditating, as far as you will want to do, you know, moving meditation, like Tai Chi. Tai, or, tai Chi or, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Any martial arts, because it's Mars. Um, <laughs> but, but, yeah, you know, I think it, Neptune is not a bad planet, but it's a very difficult planet on this mundane plane because yes. it is, because it, its essence is spiritual. It is yes. ethereal. It's hard to pin down because it has no substance, essentially. It's 
Yes. Ephemeral. So I think, you know, that can, it can be, because of that, it can be very confusing. It can lead to, you know, addictions and wanting to escape and that kind of stuff. And you don't want to go there. You want to use it. Yes. Yeah. So I think, you know, especially that it is in Pisces. Yeah. Using it again, you know, getting in touch with what, what does spirituality mean for you? What is, yes. what does that mean getting in touch with that for you? I mean, it'll be yeah. different buddy but that, I think that's an important piece of that because otherwise yes. it would be difficult uh, yeah and what this is of course bringing to my mind is just the whole um, how um, dangerous the street drug scenario is at this time in human history not just street uh, any kind of drugs well yes yeah and and it is it's that is often a warning that i express to people who have mutable strong and neptunes coming to play uh is that they have to be particularly careful of what kind of substances that, oh, and and the fact that you know something one day might be fine but all of a sudden their body just rejects it and to actually pay attention <laughs> to that things so yes, yeah we'll be more sensitive and you know that can be uncomfortable which might make you want to numb out which is not a good thing to do so yes. again back to finding ways to handle the energy in a way that is most positive and that again with neptune and pisces that's that really is a the spiritual yes component that leads you yeah yeah, and yeah, because yeah. So the other thing, of course, that this could herald um, at the end of the month, because it's Venus and Mars together, is uh, the pink fairy dust that I used to talk about, um, where, you know, some person of the attractive other person that you might fall in love with, that you know the rose-colored glasses are you know six inches yeah. thick and and the person just is you know charming and and here's another piece that comes with this glamour and lots of people don't think of that word anymore but glamour is what what happens in sort of um, in cons, like a con artist will sprinkle glamour over a scenario and um, walk away with all of your money and you'll be thanking them. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And um, back in the day when, uh, and Jenna doesn't know this, I don't imagine, um, I used to actually be a truck driver. And my husband and I got caught in a glamour moment in a rest area in the States in which we were relieved of about a hundred us dollars. And uh, as we're driving away and the glamor left, I went, wow. And I was actually applauding and my husband's looking at me like you've lost it. We just got scammed for a hundred bucks. And I said, but they did it so well. And well, that is also a Neptune thing. I mean, Neptune is deception, it is illusion, it is yes. lies, it is, yeah, it's all of those things. Exactly, you, exactly. Yeah, that's the potential, whereas if you're, if you're tuned in spiritually, you, you get that, you, yes. you feel it, right? You need to go with your feelings, your gut feelings with Neptune, because yeah. that's, that's going to tell you the truth, whereas otherwise you can be deceived, you can be... Yeah. And idealism is a very Neptunian trap as well. Exactly. exactly. Oh, it's perfect. Well, <laughs> nobody's perfect. Nothing. Yes, but I, I'm just thinking for the moment, you could just actually enjoy that. Oh, of course. Yeah. 
and it is a sex house. It's not a it's not a huge thing, but yeah. Yeah. But these are some of the pitfalls. With yes, exactly. Um, exactly. You know, you can do you do not have to fall into if you bring some awareness to exactly. What's yeah. Going. Yeah. And so, of course, to help with all of that, we have Mercury a square Uranus, which just lets me think I should go back to our animate wheel. Oops. Well, that brings some clarity, actually. Well, yeah, no, exactly. It's yeah, right. A quick wake up. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Uranus will go, excuse me, excuse me. <laughs> Wait a minute. I don't believe everything that I'm being. Okay, so let me just advance this. And I'm just, I'm looking at our timing, folks. We we have, we're going to have an opportunity to just chat. Because they're, they're actually, you know, in terms of how heavy the world has been of late, um, you know, this month is actually reasonably quiet. It's a short month, too. <laughs> and, it's, and it's a short month, exactly. So here we are with, uh, there we go. So, yeah, February the 24th, and we've got, you know, this Venus, Mars. Mars is now ahead. Um, but again, so if we look down here, you can see, so she's, Venus is still very slow. Oh, yeah. uh, but Mars is fast. So um, normally that never happens. Venus actually catching and going by Mars. But uh, right now we are having that. Now Mars is going to hit Pluto first. Yes, it will. And does it, how close does it get to it by the end of the month? 27, 28. There we have it. Yeah, so it's within a degree. Um, and so that is an incredibly potent combination oh yes yeah venus mars so the people that are coming in on this and again look at how compressed all of the planets are you know we've got 25 of an earth sign and 11 yeah i mean that's less than 120 degrees yeah yeah that's um like i say it's spring-loaded i think yeah i i like that analogy that really works. And look at the lineup in Pisces there. Yes. Yeah. And in Aquarius. I know. I know. There'll be some interesting so folks. We're starting the month with the new moon, which is pretty interesting. Yeah. It will be. Yeah. We're ending it with this kind of lineup where you've got yeah. a bunch in Pisces, a bunch in Aquarius, and a bunch in Capricorn. It's, that's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so what could we say about uh, Venus, Mars, Pluto? Um, you know, the people that might be um, standing out in the news with that particular combination. Well, yeah, I think, you know, because it's in Capricorn, it's going to have a lot to do with, with societal stuff. With the yes, corporate, the corporate, corporate world. Yep. Corporate world banking, because Pluto and Venus both have to do with... Yeah, second, yeah, second aid. So yeah, your resources, money, currency, and debt, and debt, and all of that stuff. So I think that's going to be in Mars is in there. Yeah, and getting the straight goods because of that sextile between that Capricorn blob and the blob in Pisces. That's going to be difficult to get. They're also trying the North Node, so I think it's. It's pointing, okay. yep, yep. Good pointing point. in the direction of we need to move in a new direction. We need to yeah. 
Away from that Scorpio south node and towards that Taurus north node. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, Uranus and the north node are heading for a mutual, I mean, mutually applying to a conjunction. So this is true. This is so, true. you know, I think that that's sort of pointing us in that direction in a sense. And then we've got sort of the midpoint between that Pisces and the Capricorn. Um, this is a, a very strategic Mercury Moon Saturn. Um, you know, it's it's going to be um, easy for that piece to document what the other two are doing, right? Okay. To just yeah, announce it, put it out there in the world. Uh, but it will be from very specific perspectives because, again, there is no oppositions here. And so um, there could be it could be quite divisive at the end of the month in terms of this storyline um, being think, contained and this storyline being contained. Yeah, I think we'll see some revelations more. Yeah. More. Yeah, that's more hidden Plutonian. Yeah. Coming up from the bottom. Yes, yeah, because Pluto is definitely being activated to do what it does best, which is to bring up the junk. Well, it's getting near the end of Capricorn. It's, yeah, yeah. Don't have so much time to get rid of the rest. Of <laughs> that is true. Bodies that are buried. <laughs> bodies that are buried. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe literally. I don't know. <laughs> well, there could be a few. Yeah, this is true. So I I think there's going to be a lot coming out, coming up to the surface. Yeah. Mars hitting. Yeah, Mars and Venus. Yeah. We want it now, buddy. Coffee. Yeah, Yeah, I think it really, it really is an interesting time, as they say. Yeah. yeah. So, (laughs) Jenna, do you have any questions? Um, We have there was a couple of things that I, I wrote down. Um, one thing I've always thought about is I, I'm born during Mercury retrograde. Uh-huh. And so I think different things I've read online is that when you're born in Mercury retrograde, that you're not as affected by Mercury being in retrograde, you know, the three times of the year. Probably. Or you're supposed to have more clarity. Yeah, you probably want to think about that with it than those of us who are born with it direct because it is and also yeah. I think there's a tendency when you're born with Mercury retrograde to be somewhat more introspective or to want to take a second look at the information that comes in and I would I would agree with that my Mercury is retrograde as well um, I still mm-hmm. notice Mercury retrograde but um, the introspection is definitely like um, I know. Well, part of it is too, as it's my Mercury is in Scorpio. But um, uh, thank you very much. I'm going to come up with my own decision. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's part of it with it being retrograde. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I need to. I need to think that over. Yeah. 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 I can't just go. Sure. Yeah. No, can't do that. <laughs> you know, until I've had a chance. And if to you think do, about then it. you. Might have to go back. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I just rarely went back. <laughs> you have a shake. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Good question. Next one. Do you have another question? Um, we have time, so let's yeah. go for it. 
I, I love that analogy of Venus and Mars being these symbols of peace and war. And with those nice Neptune sextiles coming in, do you think that could act as like a peace bond that's been kind of adding a veil to this building of tension, as Jill mentioned, like this, you know, spring building tension? Maybe it's it's yeah. it's giving a little. Well, again, it depends on what what how that Neptunian energy is manifesting. Yeah, and who's able to manifest. And is able to manifest, and that depends so much on people's mindset. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's collectively when it's, you know. Yeah. Neptune Pisces, because, you know, it is an out there kind of planet. What what we're up against is, um, you know, with the advent of social media and the Internet, um, the... Zeitgeist, which um, uh, is our collective awareness level, um, that's one way of putting it. Uh, yeah, there's no, there's attention spans have been. Yeah. yeah, I mean, from our perspective, from our perspective, um, it's we're. I think for Jill. Well, I can't say for Jill. I should, uh, pardon me, Jill. I should not say that. For myself, um, I can't imagine the um, how the Piscean vibe is going out over social media, mm. and how that could possibly go out on a spiritual, positive. Uh, peaceful, but what I am aware of is the huge numbers of people that collectively now um, get together on a really regular basis and meditate for global. Absolutely, yeah. And yeah, I think so that, that I can see, but how that's operating on that huge social web, don't know. And the, and the Mars piece can be impatient, so that can yeah. be difficult. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, Venus might calm that down a little bit if we're lucky, but, you know, it's, 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 they can be a balance for each other. Yeah, yeah. So what do you see, what do you see on the social, because you'll be way more plugged in than Jill and I could ever even imagine. (laughs) So what do you see in terms of Pisces on social media? Yeah, I mean, there's naturally this big wave of, spirituality that's entering social media you could call it spiritual materialism um and how astrology itself has kind of made its way into pop culture it has uh in the last five or ten years and it's like huge tidal wave of excitement and um and in one way i'm like that's great i'm so excited to talk about astrology which i'm so passionate about with people but you know it's also capitalism has still made its claws Right. Yes, <laughs> spiritual materialism. So even if there's like a grain of peace yes. or yeah. patience yeah. or self-understanding that, that gives an individual, I think that's great. And I'm excited to be having these conversations more with people my age and my friends. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I'm still tentatively excited yeah. about these conversations yeah. being had. And yeah. But I definitely see it in social media. Good. Good. Good with the pandemic that that yeah. people are 
more spiritual and wanting to have those conversations. Uh, Neptune, of course. Good. Neptune tends can tends to be just too much because there are no boundaries. So yes, yeah. yeah, it is very difficult. I believe it's, it can yeah. feel overwhelming. Overwhelm is part of the problem. We have too much information when we're on. Oh, gotcha. Absolutely. And maybe with the changing of the nodes, that was my first thought. When reading about North Node moving, you know, from Scorpio to Scorpio to Capricorn, that's going to add, I think, like Jill said, like a groundedness to people more. Yeah. Moving from needing to collect as much information as possible to wanting to find our values and dig in deep. Taurian vibe is bringing a a desire back to nature, to the land, to simplicity. Like Mm -hmm. simplify things because you know it gets so complicated when we're dealing with modern stuff and and there's a real desire i think and part of it's spiritual and part of it's just practical i want peace. We're overload well yeah, yeah. well please you can't do that when you're in the midst of overload and overwhelming amounts yes so yeah getting away from that getting back to putting your hands in the dirt and growing things and yeah growing your own food or because there's that's very spiritual can be a very spiritual kind of process where you're connecting yeah. with the natural world which yeah. is you know spirituality manifest really yes exactly and that could speak too to the fact that the whole upsurge in um indigenous people getting their message out i mean that's one of the upsides of this whole social media thing is that they have found a platform and they are getting their embodied spiritual message out there so that's a good thing they have historically had a strong connection to nature and and the earth and and we need to learn from that we need to yeah. learn from that how to really connect ourselves yeah. and you know the herbs and plants and all the things that nature provides you know how that can nourish and not just <clears throat> physically but emotionally and spiritually yeah. yeah okay folks i think I think we've probably used up enough time. I, of course, did not set my timer. I was wondering if you should set time. No, I, I didn't. I think we before. <laughs> yeah, but I think we're good. I think we're good. Um, I have to fill 58 minutes in order for it to slot properly into, because um, this will go live tomorrow at noon. Um, but I think, we, I think we've done a good job. Um, and I'm wondering. If Jenna might have a topic for us for next week. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. Absolutely. Okay. What kind of topic? Or I'll think about you... it. Oh, all right. Okay. Well, I'll have to think about it. Yeah. Give me. I'll make a list. Yeah. Think about it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. We we need to know by at least Tuesday so that we can both put our heads together and come maybe, up. Maybe maybe some asteroids asteroids oh, talk. Yes, that we could do. That would be that exciting. Would be... We could start with the four biggies that Demetra George yeah. kind of introduced, because that was all coming out when Jill and I used to go to Norway. Yeah, yeah. There's okay. The, there's the asteroids. There's also the dwarf planets. There. Yeah, yeah. But we'll start with those. Okay. We'll start with the the first, the main four. I mean, there's lots more, but yeah, yeah, yeah. we could start there. Good. Thank you. Thank You're you. You're welcome. Cool. Welcome to the team. Thank you. <laughs> Very happy to be here. Okay. I already learned so much. I made a lot of notes about things I'm going to be looking up. Okay. 
So, folks, in the meantime, you have been listening to CJMP 90.1 FM, Powell Rivers Community Radio Station. And we will see you all next week. Thank you, Jenna. Thank you, Jill. Bye. Bye.